The 5 O'Clock Frenzy is presented by Nova Home Loans. Call 577-2600 for help in buying a new home. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Von Tobel is here at Circa. Damon is back in the Finley Toyota Studios. You know, John, on this show, it's all about trust. You know? I know. We've got to be able to trust each other. I don't want to do one of these cheesy speeches, but got to be able to trust each other. Got to be able to lean on each other in hard times on the air. Uh, earlier today, I had overcommitted. We had a bunch of Mountain West Conference players coming by, and John's like, you know what? I'll take care of it. So I appreciate that. Got it. I appreciate that. Might not be the best quality, but I tried my best. I, uh, I appreciate Devon sending over a very strong list of topic suggestions. Devon, it's very busy when we're on the road, so that, that's a big help. I, I share it. I just want you to know. I appreciate it. Um, now, where this is leading is going to sound like I'm just being sarcastic on the front end. I'm not. Um, I just told you about some beautiful bathrooms here at Circa, mm-hmm. and this is a very important topic to me. I'm not going to publicize this much because we have some people listening to us. They're Vegas locals, but I think they'll know what I'm saying. You do need to have go-to spots when you're on the road at various casinos around town where you know if you need some serious business to be done in a bathroom – you got to have your special bathrooms around town. So I don't know how many other people think like this. That's the way I think. Um, I like quiet. I don't want slobs next to me farting and struggling. This is a topic. You know what I'm saying, Damon? You know what I'm saying? You just, I you, think that's the perfect idea for a TV show <laughs> or a YouTube okay. series. So, Should that be? Is that is that the next Triple D? Because I feel like I invented Triple D and then Guy Fieri just stole it. No, I didn't tell anyone, but I used to think it. I was like, wow, it would be really good just to go around and do – you know, be a, a you know kind of a hearty fella, eating and drinking at places and videoing it and mmm, yum, that would have worked. So maybe it, maybe it's the the secret bathrooms of Las Vegas. This is a a topic I feel passionately about. Okay, uh, I am strictly a non-public pooper. I will not go unless it's like unless I unless I'm not making it to the destination. Yep. I didn't want to be graphic because I am the same. But that's my whole point. When, you, when you're when really in a desperation situation, you want to feel good about what you're trying to get done. So I would agree. When I worked at Red Rock um, out here, there was actually – people will know the Red Rock Theater, and it's not publicly accessed, so I can share the secret. Right. Um, up in the – you know, every once in a while, if you get access to the, the movie theater suite over at Red Rock, you'll have to go through a little secret back area. And we would take that area to go get supplies for Starbucks because our storage area is at the end of the hallway. What was great was if you walked up there, there were two doors. One of them was a maintenance closet, and then the other was just like a door just sitting there. It was a private restroom that nobody knew about. And so if I needed to do it, it was going to be there. But it also speaks to one of my great business ideas that I've had, which is just standalone public restrooms, but like the system is they're cleaned after every usage, everything. So you can come in and use them if you're like me. If you're shy to pee... Then you, I was going to rhyme something, but like that was going to be our slogan. Yeah. If you're um, just like me and you're shy to pee, come on down to JVT. There you go. Well, that was nice. <laughs> uh, I actually, and I've told the story before. I I believe I'm a little battle scarred on the uh, the publicly uh, you know defecation stuff, the public defecation stuff, because you have to whisper. When I was a everybody poops. Yeah, there's a young lady over here. Uh, when I she was poops too. yeah, when I was a delivery driver, I had an issue where I had clogged up a butcher shop's toilet, and came back the next week, and they're like, bruh the hell so i think i've since then i've had 
PPTSD, <laughs> public pooping, traumatic, so uh, whatever the rest so of it is. Good. Yeah. So my horror story, you'll appreciate this, was in the Newark airport. Uh, that, that was. You don't even have to continue. Uh, that was. That was. You don't even have to. And continue. here's the thing. You know what made it worse? It's not even that it was Newark. It's not that the stalls were so tiny that my that, knees that, that were touching like the walls, yeah. disgust and slime. It's that the toilets were made out of steel. I love the steel toilets. And so, like, you even like, get... it's just the odd coldness. It's yep. every. Oh, it was one of the yeah, worst experiences prison. ever. Yep, it was one of the worst. That should that ever. should be the scared straight experience. And don't was... have kids go to prison and get yelled at by prisoners. Yep. Just show them the steel toilets. And it was a uh, it was a food poisoning thing. So it was like a super emergency. There was pain. Uh, it was it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. So you know, I, I'm in a constant. Uh, there's a constant effort on this show to make sure everyone knows. We're like you. Like, we have a fun job. We're lucky to do it. I'm appreciative. I don't have an attitude. I like what I do, and I really appreciate listeners. We had a, a Mark walked up, a listener earlier, about three hours ago. He was raving about Adam Hill and you, John, as well. And We're, we're what, men. What we're men of the people. That's right. What I never want to be is someone like Miranda Lambert. And I'm so happy that you sent this over because I've been saving this for days. This story annoys me so much. It does. Do you want to set this up? Sure. So she's got a residency here. Which I didn't know, yeah. actually, until I saw this clip, which will speak to exactly what my issue is here. But there is a uh, during the Las Vegas residency, apparently there is a, a group of fans that were just trying to take pictures of themselves. Apparently, the lighting was bad throughout the show. There was a moment where there was like some bright lights, so they're like, hey, this is our opportunity. They're in, they're in a VIP up. booth probably a few hundred feet away, but it's relatively close to the stage, within view of the stage. And by the way, a lot of times, when you're in the crowd, you don't even know if the artist could even see you because I don't think they can. So let's just fire this and then set it up from here. Miranda Lambert starts a song at Planet Hollywood. She's going to sing you know, one of her whatever these are. Uh, and I like country music, but... Um, she starts to sing, and then it goes south. Something bound to fall apart. I'm going to stop right here for a sec, Danny. I'm sorry. These girls are worried about the selfie and not listening to the song. It's pissing me off a little bit. She stopped singing mm. to chastise and scold paying fans in a VIP booth. And if they didn't get a comp, they probably paid a good amount of money because they had their backs turned and they were taking a selfie over the course of a good, what, 30 seconds. Right. The crowd there was like, I think they were shocked. They were like, hey, we love Miranda Lambert, so we're going to support her. But as this thing got out on social media, oh, boy. And I don't think the Miranda Lambert's problem here, because she's getting a lot of hate, right, for scolding her fans who pay for the tickets and want to chronicle the memory she i don't think she's getting heat for this just for this incident because what i'm seeing is a lot of stories of people who've come across this woman over time at concerts at autograph signings and she's got a rep and now she just opened pandora's box for all the storytelling this ain't going well for her now it's not gonna end her career but we do see celebrities from time to time, you know, it's discovered they are really unlikable and really kind of mean and spoiled. Uh, In this economy, you're going to sit there and lecture and try to shame 
grown women who want to take a friggin' selfie. You know what? Clown. Stand up there and sing, and don't worry about everyone else. Sing. Right. I paid you to sing. I didn't pay you to come out here and lecture me on what I'm doing. Okay? And By the way, you can see how mad I am. I, this story makes me so happy. Well, it, look, she... <laughs> what a buffoon. She comes off as an arrogant jerk here. Yeah. And, and the fact, too, is, like, to... <laughs> To almost try to invoke the crowd yeah. and try to like get the crowd to turn on this group of, of women who are just taking a picture during the concert, huh. like screw you. She actually okay. she pointed at them. You can't, you know, obviously it's audio. Um, she pointed at them and she was like waving them down, like, "Lady, you're 38 years old. Who, I'm not your daughter. And I'm not your. What are you doing? Cut it out." Because here's the thing, too. All right, like where does I'll say this? Like where does it end? Am I, uh, Miranda, am I allowed to go get a drink during your concert, or do I have to sit here and listen the whole time? A- am I allowed to talk to the person that I'm with, or do, do I have to listen to the good old country music every time? It, it's, there's such an arrogance where it's like, you've got to be paying attention to me the entire time. They're already give you their money. They're trying to take a picture, and by the way, like you said, get the moment on, you know, because people like that kind of stuff, to remember it. Oh, now they're going to remember it for you being a complete and utter jerk about it. And of all these stories are true about you, None of these people should spend their money on you. Cowboy Cotton, what's your take on this? You're, this is your genre. Gwen oh, Stefani would never. Uh, that's another thing I thought of immediately. Oh. I have always, I've always been fascinated by the Miranda Lambert, Blake Shelton split. Oh, is that the thing? Oh, okay. No, no, no. It, what, it, I'm told it had nothing to do with Gwen Stefani. No, I just didn't know she was the other woman in that. I had no idea. So, well, okay, she was the next woman. Right. But I've always found it really fascinating. As a gender, we're called shallow and that we will always go for younger women. And Blake Shelton went up. Mm-hmm. Gwen Stefani's about 10 years older. Maybe a little older. Maybe she might be like 12 years older. And apparently a lot, a lot nicer. I don't, you know, I'm not, I will, ne- I'm not going to say that, but the more material I've gotten, and the, you know, again, these are just stories, maybe people are just piling on, but that action alone, to me, shows a lack of common sense and a lack of awareness of, again, like we were just saying a couple minutes ago, and I was not lying about, I mean, we don't have fans like Miranda Lambert, but if, if someone comes up to me once a week and is like, hey, I like the show, that's really cool. Yeah. You know, and if you ever get to the point where you're like, eh, these fans i got to take a picture or sign an autograph. Who are you? I, what is wrong with you? I actually had somebody at Summer League stop me and ask to take a picture with me. And I was like, are you sure? Yeah, like me? Like, like, I appreciate it, but like, you're I've sure it, you want to do I've this? I've had it happen six times, and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it, see this? Right? I don't but, know. Do you want this? To be honest, and like, hey, look, I, again, I don't understand this, yeah. right? Because I'm not anywhere. I'm not famous. I mean, maybe but, it would become really annoying and you would become jaded. Right, because that's the thing. I can never, I don't think I could ever find myself in a space where I'm not grateful for anybody who would take a second to consume anything that I have done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so to do that, to be at a place where you want to chastise them for, again, and think about what they're doing, too. That's the annoying part. They are so happy to be in your space as a singer yep. that they want to immortalize the moment in a photo. Right. And you're sitting Ugh. there. Telling them to sit down and trying to turn the crowd on them. And to DeMond's point, by the way, Gwen Stefani would never. No, she wouldn't. He wanted to know why? Because the other day when Shohei Otani hit a two-run bomb to tie the game against the Yankees, she was in the stands filming that bad boy on her phone. Oh, look at you. Tie it all together. That's I didn't right. Know, I didn't know Stefani was at the game. She was. She's the newest Angel celebrity fan. Oh, that's great. Wish with, by the way, Blake Shelton. Take that in your pipe and smoke it. I, like I don't that. even know if that means anything. I like, yeah. I like this version of the Blake Shelton couple. 
Because I like him. I think he's pretty cool. Now, if Gwen Stefani ever lectures anybody for being on their phone at a show, they're going right. to be like, you were on your phone with Shoei Otani. He had a two-run There could be multiple people listening right now like, oh, let me tell you about Gwen Stefani. Oh, I'm and the sure. And the behind-the-scenes story. It's, um, the other great thing that's come out of this, and this is why I've lost control with TikTok, is I showed you what women are putting up. They're putting up videos of a Wheeler Walker song mixed with this. Cowboy, do you know who Wheeler Walker is? Can't say that I do. You got to watch some of his music tonight. Very it's very, it's very satirical country. Um, I, it, I'm not good at karaoke, but when I do it in public, I do. There's a couple of Wheeler Walker songs I like to rip out, and if people don't know the songs, they're like, "What is this guy singing about?" It's very good. But uh, one of his songs is now linked to Miranda Lambert. That's all I can say because it's an FCC violation. Tin Man sucks too, by the way. Wait, what? The song's terrible. Okay. Are you done? Can we talk about more out of touch people? I just I kind of want to keep going at the at the off no. chance that her in this Vegas Red City hears what we're saying. Sports Talk Radio is on <laughs> you now. Um, I saw Whoopi Goldberg actually having her back, which kind of annoyed me. But I figured she would. I'm sure there are a lot of performers who are like, hey, it is annoying when the crowd isn't paying attention. But you guys all stick together. That's fine. She walked off the set, apparently, uh, during the Miranda Lambert selfie debate. For what? She, she was into this. Oh, my. What a quote. If you're going to spend $750 to come to my concert, then give me the respect of watching me while I do my thing. Give me the respect. I gave you the respect yeah. in spending my taxed income to watch you. Yeah. Oh. I knew it. I knew it. I, I knew what was coming with her. I want to buy a Miranda Lambert ticket and go take pictures in the front row the whole time. I mean, they should be pretty cheap for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I want to sit in the front great row to have, just, and no, just sit there the, the whole time. time. Yeah. yeah, the whole time videoing her over your head. <laughs> Sing Tin Man. She, I mean, what's she going to do now? Right? What can she do? All right, to a much uh, lesser level in terms of fame, uh, what is Steve Kime doing now? The guy was running the Cardinals. Do you know what he's doing now? Is he just is he just kind of doing the NFL Insider thing? Just doing the grumpy XGM tour. So I guess. he was he was on with Colin Cowherd. They started getting into the now and the future of Kyler Murray. And I know these these comments by Kime kind of grinded your gears. Can we uh, fire cut one? Well, you know, I think in terms of quarterback speak, Colin, you know what he said. Um, you know, you don't love it just because of the same point. Uh, when he added the word but in generally behind a positive, the word but does not end in a positive light. So I certainly didn't want to hear that. And nor do fans want to hear a guy who's making $46.1 million a year um, blame anybody but himself. And I'm not saying cut, uh, cut, that he's a he's a guy that blames people. Yet at the same time, you know, everybody, when you get that, that bag of cash, everybody expects you to take it on your shoulders. Okay. What he's saying makes some sense. And I will tell you, I admire the fact that he's speaking honestly. Like, he's not speaking as if he's a guy who's looking to get back in the NFL and worried about ruffling feathers. The comment that he's commenting on, what was the Murray thing with the butt? So Murray was talking about, like, you know, working under this new coaching staff and essentially said, like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best to be coachable and do all the right things. But if it's not working out, we've got to look in the mirror. Like, that was the quote. Part of a larger one on the Arizona Cardinals website. Was the we the Cardinals or Camp Kyler Murray? I mean, I think, yeah, I think it was. I mean, we includes yourself, right? So I would assume it means Kyler Murray. 
Well, what I'm asking is, is it, is it the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, or is it like Camp Kyler? Is, is basically is it around the Cardinals, or is it around Kyler Murray? Like I got to look in the mirror, and he's just using the word "we," or the, the whole organization has to look at. The I mirror. just took it as football talk, like you know, we, the team, everyone. Like we just, okay, if it's not so working, we got to do. We got to look in the mirror, that, and that's how Kime took it, because he's like, "You're not taking the blame by saying we and connecting the whole so, Cardinal organization." So we're getting to a semantics argument. Doesn't "we" include yourself? I look. I don't I even. Th- I think you're. You, I mean, you're adding in others as part of the blame. As, you know, if you're getting criticized, now it's a we deal. Instead of a me. Okay, but here's the thing. So, like, first off, this is why, like, I love when we talk about like, quarterback. They, they never give us anything. This is why. We're talking about the difference between we and I and what it means yeah. and what he's talking about. But is, also. Is it this we or that we? It, you know, it's also the optics of the guy who was on staff who drafted Kyler Murray, who gave him the deal, who got fired. Yeah. Being like, yeah, he's making he's making all that money, and you shouldn't be talking about this. Like, yeah, totally looks great that you're making these comments, Steve. Not you, Steve. Steve Kime. Give me Kime, too. And this is a big year. I would have actually had Kyler in my top five four guys under pressure because if they do have a tough year, he's coming off an injury. And and also, Colin, you got to understand, um, he's coming off the injury. He's got to prove himself. And then if what happens is what people forecast, which they have the number one pick, they're in a real predicament. Okay. This one, not the predicament, and not if they're bad, but the front end of that is absurd. Did he say uh, would have been in his top five under pressure quarterbacks? When did we start expecting guys coming off an ACL whose game is based on side to side movement, you know, athleticism? When did we start assuming, hey, they're a hundred percent when they come back from a torn ACL? By the way, early if he plays most of the season pressure i mean i'm not gonna say this is a free year hey it's funny you know it's with murray if i heard something like that i'd be like yeah i don't know if i'm coming back this year i wouldn't say it right like i can make it back for uh week 14 it's his longevity it's his like livelihood he he tore the what what was the date Uh, was it the beginning of october late september it's pretty yeah let me see like i wouldn't expect him back until the middle of the season at the earliest so he plays eight games and they're not good oh the pressure's on what no, December 12th. Wait, say it again? Yeah, uh, let's see. Kyle Murray's tumultuous 22 campaign ended in gruesome fashion. Arizona Cardinals, December, ACL tear on December 12th. December 12th. Got to be back, though. And he's got pressure on him. Under pressure. What? Do you also understand why, like, these, like that, too? The former general manager going, he's, you know, yeah. he's going to be under pressure. Like, Steve, come on, man. You, you, you didn't really do a great job drafting or setting this team up for success. There's a reason why. It, like, that's, that's, but that's the incredible other part about that quote. As he mentioned, like, hey, you know, the, as some teams, proje- as some people project, they could be up there for the first overall pick. Yeah, why, Steve? Because the roster is such a mess right now. Because the guy who was previously in charge of drafting and developing players screwed them over. Oh, by the way, that's you. Like, they just the, the lack of like. You can just. Uh, I'm going to break in. Okay, should Colin bring that up? Yes. Yes. I agree with you. You can do it delicately. Well, but here's the thing. What's the risk? I'm trying to think of the interview he did last week. And I, I think Colin's really good. But I think sometimes those of us who, who do interviews, and maybe we didn't go after Gloria Navarez strongly mm. enough. I, I don't know that there were some giant issues we had to get to. I mean, I guess I could have screamed at him and been like, why'd you let San Diego State back? Put your foot down. I mean, I did ask her, right. why are they back? 
I mean, I tried to do it sternly, and and uh, I know Rhino Derek was asking for more TV questions when you know she said it's up in a couple of years. Um, I heard who the hell was on. Um, now I'm blanking on his name. One of the offensive linemen is it Deion Dawkins? One of the offensive linemen for the Bills. Okay. So he comes on. He's two questions in, and he's starting to dig on what the hell's going on with Stephon Diggs, and your quarterback that formerly the, these guys were buddies, and Dawkins just kind of sidestepped it, didn't answer the question, and I'm like, follow up. Right. You host one of the biggest sports talk shows that we've got. Follow up. But I, I think the mood was going to be kind of a happy, light interview, so he didn't follow up. With Steve Kime, I mean, listen, again, there's, there's all dynamics when we talk to people, and maybe there's a buddy element, so you don't want to go after Kime. But, I mean, I, I think that's completely fair to be like, wait, Steve, you're not exactly being fair. Look at the team that you set up around him. Right. Is he going to storm out? Good. Leave. Great clip. I mean, I think from Colin's perspective, I would venture a guess and say it's also about establishing relationships that might be back in the NFL at some point. Like, you don't want to get him mad, and then he gets Oh, so you're job. doing a favor for Kime so that he doesn't look like a jackass not by even, getting all mad and storming off? Not even doing a favor, because if you get him mad enough to where he does storm off, then if he goes back to the National Football League... You know, maybe that's another connection you could have had. You know, Damon, you sent over something yesterday, and I watched the video, and I was like, I'm not doing this. And I don't, I don't know if you remember what didn't get, you know, uh, from your list onto the show. It was a follow-up on the Levitard attack on Woj, right, where Levitard's like, Woj is bought and paid. Von Tobel and, and uh, Adam did a really good job, especially John, saying that, hey, Dan, ah, you're, you, you kind of have – well, Adam, Adam sort of went a different <laughs> path. And he was like, why are we getting outraged about Woj being bought and paid? And he didn't use those words, but he's like, that's how the highest level insiders get their information is by doing some favors, and there's a relationship there. But, Damon, you sent over a video yesterday of from the Levitard show of Stu Gotts coming in and wagging his finger and giving a stern speech. Yes, yeah, Stu. You, did you think that was believable? Did I think it was believable that he said that Dan sold out and journalism is dead? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I believe it 100% because he's not wrong. Okay, I, I, think, mean, it was a, I think it was a bit. But, yeah, but he works for the company. They got the DraftKings money. I mean, Dan did a whole bit today about being the Miami Heat's mouthpiece where those things, they can still be true where, hey, you want to believe in journalism, but it's the, what's it, the pot calling the kettle black, where you are also living in this system, in this ecosystem of, you know, maybe some soft interviews or not holding people's feet to the fire. Yeah, I, when I say I thought it was a bit, I, I got the feeling that behind the scenes – uh, Levitard had heard about the criticism of him saying Woj was bought and paid from other people saying, dude, you're tight with right. the heat. What did you say about Pat Riley? He went to his wedding. Yeah. Riley went to Levitard's wedding. And and I have no idea if this happened, and maybe if they get this audio, which they won't, they'll put a big picture, you know, like a, a, a freaking zoomed-in picture of me to get me. Right? Uh, they always get people. Um, but I, I thought it was a work. I thought they were like, uh, Dan, you're getting killed, so why don't we have one of us go after you? Yes. Oh, I think that's what it is. Look, in, in I'm sorry, but I, and I think Stu is really good, and he's a good talent. But because they do so many setup bits, it's hard for me to believe that they're really getting worked up over this, and that it's not another one to try to pull one on the audience. Oh, and like, look, I also think that they—how do I put this? They take themselves, even though they try to exude this like not so serious we thing. We don't care. They take themselves very seriously. Yeah. 
So it's very luxury, and believe me, the show can get luxury as well. It's very luxury. Oh, of course. And look, I've got some special insight from behind the scenes stuff too. So, like, yeah. in in terms of my employment, so I, I just I'll tell you that like they take themselves very seriously, and they are aware enough to know that they're getting criticism, and so to get that off, just hey, let's do the fake bit with Stu God's doing this. Three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. We got the big charity softball game battle for Vegas, Las Vegas ball, uh, ballpark, not ballpark, ballpark. On Saturday, uh, home run derby, got the game, you got fireworks afterwards. We got two tickets right now. Two tickets right now. You can grab your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. These tickets are presented by Finley North VW uh, or online at Finley. Uh, check them out online at FinleyVW.com. Ticketmaster.com. Two tickets to the big softball game. Raiders against the Knights. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. Caller seven. Now, back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll have a uh, conversation with uh, San Diego State tight end, San Diego State tight end, Mark Redman, who uh, is the preseason All-Mountain West Conference tight end. Tomorrow we're going to have a lot of the coaches on. We'll uh, try to hunt down Barry Odom as well. But uh, I always enjoy talking to – who's your favorite guy to talk to? You've been at this event. I like Brent Brennan, San Jose State coach. Although although I wonder what he's going to – when he comes on, we'll have to feed him some – you know, a little talk about Marcus Arroyo. You and I both you know, worked with Arroyo. We liked him. Yep. But, man, since he left, yikes. I'll open up with my story about how Arroyo slapped me on the shoulder for the first time. I think he'll like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. When I was like, you know, All me right. and Arroyo are going to be friends. I can actually take a water bottle from this cooler. Um, I will say I haven't been here a ton, so nobody really sticks out. I think I'll, tell, I'll put it this way. Naki Fahina is my number one guy to talk to now. Oh, really? He was great. Rebel player? Yes. Defensive tackle? Yeah. Yep. And then Barry Odom got me lunch one time, so. He's at what? the top of the list. Well, you were there. It was like the big media thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was doing a, a oh, media I think meet was a, and greet. Actually, I think there was a secret. Ah, it was like six months ago. Whatever. Yeah, they do that all the time. Yeah. Though. Not in UNLV, but their coaches do that sometimes. Yeah. I asked good questions, made them laugh. Back in the day, um, you know, again, you're trying to foster a relationship. You know, you want to be like a Pat Riley and a Dan Lebetard, real tight. Um, Me and Barry back, Odom, best friends. Back in the day, uh, Marvin Menzies invited the media over to uh, kind of a makeshift cookout. At his place? Yeah, I didn't wow. get to go. That would have been great. Here, I have so many questions. I have so <laughs> many questions. If it's a pool party, you're the first one to get the pool. Oh, the the like uh, media get together. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There better they not just, be a hoop there. Oh, you right. Then do you get super competitive? You like start dunking on Marvin Menzies because you get like uber right. competitive. You're like, wait, I'm supposed to be here fostering relationships, and instead I'm just beating him. Damon, was that a reference <laughs> to a regular hoop or a pool hoop? No, that was definitely a pool hoop for you. Yeah. yeah. You, did you hear that, that whole thing last week about I mean, how I mad know it was? The, uh, no, I mean, I know about your infamous pool hoop at your pool that I have swam in before. In I didn't years. bring that up as part oh, of the okay. background. And then Damon doesn't know that. See, Damon, one of the reasons, because I told the story last week, I go over to a friend's house, he's got a pool hoop, and uh, I'm like, I'm winning horse, I always win, and, you know, no one's going to be able to shoot like I can. It's not going to happen, right? It's very cocky. And then some young dude started doing, like, acrobatic jumps off a ledge, and then they destroyed the rim. They destroyed this guy's rim. Oh, my God. And it was a good rim. Yeah. And I had a little, like, start. I'll call it a starter because we upgraded. I had a little plastic basket. And I, whatever. He, he's fine. I was, gonna, I was trying to ID him as someone's friend. I'm friends with him as well. But he comes over to Mon, and in my pool, he's, like, dunking on it, and he freaking rips the rim down. So I had battle scars from that, and then I see my friend's rim get damaged. Did and he that's know why I, the friend? Was he a direct connection, or was that like somebody's buddy who he brought, and then he went in and destroyed the rim at the other place? 
he knew both. There was actually two people who went like okay. real hard on the rim. No, he knew both of them. Okay. He's actually very tight right. with one all right, of them. All right, all right. Very tight. I actually thought the other one did it as revenge for something that had happened. Okay. But no, the one who really finished it off is a friend. And actually, I talked to this guy, you know, the owner of the pool in the basket last week because I was still like, this is an issue for me. I said, do you want money for the pool who we destroyed? I didn't destroy crap, but it's like the right thing to do. I uh, made a lot of jumpers. You know, the, the net was getting messed up. Rim didn't even get touched by it, Steve Cofield. I, 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 I had a couple. Of, I had a couple of mini dunks. Believe me, the rim is like it's not high. That's the point. You're playing horse, and he, right. they, all of a sudden we're going to do Statue of Liberty dunks from 30 feet out and you know full speed run, and then pull down the rim. I'm like, what are we doing? So I tried to stir the pot again, and I'm like, we should all pay for that. And they're like, no, no, it's not a big deal. I'm like, it's a big deal. Yeah. Told me he could fix the rim. There's no, this might be a dig at him. There's no way he can fix that rim. Mm. It's destroyed. Well, that's good. Well, I get know. too worked up. At least there's a direct connection. Right, Damon? Way, way too worked like up. Like, in my, in my scenario, that's like Barry Odom when he invites us over to his pool party and I destroy his rim. Like, he doesn't know who I am. It'd be so inappropriate if I went and destroyed well, his pool rim. That would be really bad if you're trying to establish a relationship as, uh, as, hey, as he, part of the football broadcast crew. He'd remember me. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a go-getter. <laughs> doesn't do give think, up. Do you think he would fire you? Do you he, think he would? He request? has that power, actually. Yeah, too. Huh? I mean, I think it's a combination of who has the power to, to staff the games. But I mean, yeah. he can really lean in. I mean, it. if he if he said right. it, yeah, like who is the guy who destroyed my rim? Right. He's out. I'm not talking to him at halftime <laughs> before the game. Uh, let's do another qualifier for our great trip giveaway. It's a load of summer fun. Eight trips in eight weeks. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. Caller seven. Uh, you qualify to win four tickets to an Aviators game. You qualify to potentially win our weekly grand prize trip. I would love to go on this. A seven-day Alaska cruise for two, or you just take the cash, $3,000. It's take the trip or take the cash. Load of summer of fun. Damon's going to hook you up. 364-1100. Caller 7. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. So, you know, in the Mountain West Conference, they've gone to uh, just one big league, no divisions anymore, and uh, UNLV's partners for now for the next couple of years in terms of games are Hawaii and Nevada. No San Diego State. Man, I like going to San Diego. It's a good trip, and it's one of these rivalries. It's very much a one-sided rivalry. I feel like UNLV football has been close in a lot of these games, uh, and they've pulled some upsets. Um, but no San Diego State on the schedule. But I did want to talk to one of the more talented offensive players and grabbed him uh, that's in the conference. Grabbed him a little earlier in Mark Redman, tight end for the Aztecs, who is a transfer in from the Pac-12. He got one year under his belt. There's a lot of good California and weather talk here. I love I love those topics. But Mark Redman sat down with us, and I asked him, hey, you know, based on one year in the Mountain West, you were around the Pac-12 for a couple of years. What's your read on Mountain West Conference football? Um, you know, coming from the Pac-12 at Washington and then come down here, uh, it, there's not much of a difference. Honestly, you're going to find talent wherever you go, whether that's a Power 5, Group of 5, Mountain West, Pac-12, doesn't really matter. Um, played against some good guys, definitely UNLV last year. They had that uh, D lineman that I remember, number 7. Don't remember his name off the top of my head, but played against them. They definitely had some dudes that were able to uh, play and compete at a higher level, so that was pretty fun to play UNLV like that. Yeah, it was a crazy game because there were a lot of stalls kind of down near the end zone. Ball was going up and down the field between the 20s. Uh, that was Adam Plant who's actually a Vegas guy, number seven. He's now with the Raiders. We'll see if he can make the team. You know, people are hoping that he's on the practice squad. So, uh, you know, Plant's done pretty well. Um, that game last year was sort of like a lot of your games. You guys played a lot of close games. For you, what was it like in terms of the quarterback development? 
Absolutely. I mean, we went through a coaching change, went through a quarterback change, and uh, like I said a couple times before, I have a really good uh, relationship with Jalen Aiden Moose is what we call him, and uh, we would go at each other on defense, and we always talk about that stuff. We got a good good relationship now, a good amount of chemistry, and bringing Brian Lindley underneath him as well. The whole offense works a lot better, in uh, my opinion, at this point now, and just feel, feel more confident in who we have there. What difference do you see in the offense? Without giving away all the trade secrets. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the main part focuses with Coach Lindley and what he's been able to do. Um, taking over a little bit last year and helping out Coach Horan and then being able to really take over in this uh, spring ball and coming into the fall camp as well. Really excited for what else we can improve on. But there were some things, just intricate details on uh, routes and things like that, um, just giving us a little bit more freedom. And Jalen knows how to use that as well and be able to find some coverages and just be able to find ways around it. What do you like doing more? I think this is a pretty obvious question. Blocking or, you know, being a mauler or getting out there and running routes and getting, you know, getting some targets. It's, uh, I like to tell people, like, when I get pissed off sometimes, I like to I like to get down there and get dirty, get some down blocks, some outside zone stuff. Okay. Uh, sometimes be able to pull and be that second puller in a power or counter scheme or something like that. But it's definitely fun being able to get out there and catch some balls and get some touchdowns and things like that as well. So it's a 50-50 game. Well, on being the, the mauler, you know, last year's game against UNLV was really frustrating for the Rebel side of things because they did stall a couple times near the end zone. And then you guys got the ball back in the fourth quarter, and they couldn't stop you, and you just kept running. Like, what's that feeling like when you feel like you have the defense kind of tired on its heels, and you're like, we're basically going to, we are just going to freaking run 13 times in a row, and you're not going to stop us? Yeah, that last drive for us, I remember now, and uh, UNLV was definitely a big one for us. Um, I mean, a lot of teams pride themselves in running the ball and being able to do that, and that's something that we take uh, a lot of pride in as well. So being able to go on that last drive there and being able to wind out, I think it was that last five-ish about minutes, um, that was really something that we were proud of to be able to do and push the ball down there and be able to get those 13 or so plays in as well. So do you feel like we're talking to Mark Redmond, San Diego State tight end, is there a fraternity? Well, I think a lot of positions have that fraternity. Like we have a D-line camp here in town um, run by Von Miller. And actually Adam Plant, who we mentioned earlier, went there and all these you know NFL defensive linemen, a bunch of college kids come to it. Is there something like that for tight ends? Is there any kind of big camp or is there kind of a, a mentor that everyone knows that they kind of look up to in the tight end world? Uh, I mean, they have that new thing, the tight end you thing. Uh, I haven't heard too much about it. I haven't been to it or anything of that sorts. But, I mean, just, just being able to look up to people as well in the tight end room. You know, I wasn't there at San Diego State for it, but Daniel Bellinger being able to make a name for himself out of the yep. Giants. And looking back last year, I was watching some film on our bye week and uh, during like a San Jose State game I remember pretty well. And that dude was a mauler. I mean, you look at a tight end and that dude's the size, strength, everything for it. So being able to find those people that you can look up to and have a lot of respect for and try to model a game after really helps as well. So you go to the Pac-12 coming out of high school. So how big were you coming out of high school? I had a few off. Yeah. Okay. About 235. Because the position's interesting. Because a lot of times, you know, guys are naturally already that size. You know, the 6'5", 230, 240. A lot of times guys are 210 pounds. Um, I wonder what your take is on trying to recruit to the position, you know, and how and how coaches know who's going to be good. Because a lot of times it's projectability. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny how you talk about that because um, you get different guys that come out of high school. Like, it was actually pretty interesting. I got to meet uh, Dalton Kincaid a week or two back, and he was saying that coming out of high school, he was about 190. And coming out of high school, I was 235. So different strengths play to different uh, people's ability and things like that. That's where me coming out of high school at 235, a little bit heavier set than – uh, I think I'm pretty average in being able to block and also run some routes. And you're going to get some guys that are more of a uh, blocking tight end. And you're going to get people like Dalton Kincaid, who, who was fun to play against in Utah, where he's more of a guy that will go out and make those plays. And he can block here and there as well. But 
but you know what your role is in that team. Yeah, he's uh, he's in a pretty good position because he's with the Bills now, and he's got you know a team that already likes throwing to the uh, the tight end, and and for us here in Vegas, you know, he's a Vegas guy, so Kincaid kind of yeah. stings because UNLV just didn't they just didn't find him, and then he, I mean he winds up going. I don't know if you've been on campus over at USD, beautiful campus. I went to this, I went to a basketball game there last year because UNLV played USD, and I'm like. Wow, that's your football suit. I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm looking down, but that was the angle I had. I was right outside the arena. I'm like, okay. But it does show that prospects can come from anywhere and can develop anywhere. And in your case, if you go to the Pac-12 and maybe you're not getting your, you know, the playing time you want, you can transfer somewhere else. So why did you go to San Diego State? I'm not sure you had a lot of options for transfers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I really wanted to uh, come back home a little bit. A little bit of that. Um, just kind of wanted to get out of that Washington, Seattle area. It wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be initially. Um, Why is that? If you, want, I, if you if you can mention it, it was a little bit uh, going through a third coach would have been in my two years there as well. That That's a good point. Play a little, play a little part. Um, just wasn't the weather up there. <laughs> if you've been to Seattle, it's not the best. You know, it's funny you hesitate saying that. And I try to explain to people, well, first of all, there's there's this whole thing across the country now of like getting on California and how much it costs to live there. And I'm like, yeah, that's a California tax because exactly. it is, well, I mean, especially San Diego. And it is different when you get used to, you know, like I'm very used to Vegas weather and it's different than you guys. But weather, I think weather really is important to your, like, your overall outlook. And yeah, I don't want to kill Seattle, but I, <laughs> the rain all the time or, you know, just kind of overcast. I don't think I could do it. So that affected you. And you're like, I got to get out of here. A little bit, yeah. It was just a personal choice that I had to make and uh, got out of there. Uh, San Diego State was my first offer coming out of high school, so it was a little bit of there. Uh, I actually knew Coach Savai uh, previously from that. When I was in high school, I went to the Polynesian football game in uh, Hawaii, and he was a coach for me there as well, so I knew that, that entrance. And uh, a little quick short story, but... My uh, aunt and uncle are actually best friends with B Coach Brady Hoke's sister and brother-in-law. So it's funny how there's a little connection there. And um, just like sometimes I'll get a text from my aunt and uncle and be like, hey, like we're with Brady Hoke right now in Ohio because they're both from a small town in Dayton, Ohio, which is pretty funny as well. Mark Redmond's with us. Last couple of questions. Um, so I want to talk about the schedule here in a second. So he's now at San Diego State. You said they offered you, they recruited you coming out of high school. What is it like to grow up in Newport Beach? Are there misconceptions about it? Because I've been on vacation a couple of times <laughs> down there. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I live, I've lived here for you know, upwards of 30 years, but my girlfriend's a Southern California person. So we've gone down there on vacation for five days. You know, one of the houses right near the beach. What is it like growing yeah. up in a city like that? No, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's really nice. And uh, I'm gracious that my parents raised me so humbly. And, you know, there's a lot of people that can come out of there and, um, you know, I know some people that are like the millionaire next door where you would never know that they got some right. money down there. And it's just, it's really humble to be able to come out of there and have such a great uprising and bring in and just be able to be raised right out there because some people can allow it to go to their head, sure. unfortunately, but it's an awesome place to grow up and I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, last thing, um, the, the schedule in the Mountain West Conference, pretty aggressive. Disappointed you guys don't play UNLV, but <laughs> the non-con you got some games early you got to take care of, first of all, with Ohio and Idaho State at home. Um, boy, UCLA and Oregon State. So that's got to get you motivated, not only from the fact that you you know, you know, got your taste of the Pac-12, but, you know, another Southern California power in UCLA. Absolutely. I mean, we've been told that we're going to be underdogs for the first five out of six games, so that really takes a toll on us. Um, 
but I'm just ready to get out of it, get at it. Uh, Oregon State played up there with uh, Washington before. Uh, love that stadium, actually. It's a great place to play. Played against them. I mean, they got some good people on the O-line, running back, quarterback obviously coming in. I know they had some DBs. Heard some of them graduated, but I'm sure they're still going to have a good team, and we'll get, we'll get into scouting. And then UCLA as well. You know, they got some players as well. Played with actually uh, Leatu Latu at Washington, and know that he's a really good competitor and going to be fun to have that matchup as well at UCLA. There you go. Mark Redman, tight end with San Diego State. Uh, expected to have a big year. Has the prototypical size at 6'5 and 240. You know, both of the interviews we grabbed today, uh, Brandon Talton, the kicker from Nevada, and Mark Redman, tight end from San Diego State, there was a portion of the interview where they went with kids these days. A little bit. Redman was – Redman – went down the path of hey Newport Beach kids can be spoiled you got to we got to work at it to not take everything for granted and then Talton was like full on kids these days when it came to the transfer portal and I and in the middle of it I'm like you got to you got to stop man cuz I thought of you cuz you are a team player you stick with your generation you will defend your generation at every turn that's right the last thing that a 23-year-old needs to be doing is going kids these days because then you're giving my generation ammo and be like, hey, the kicker at Nevada said this about kids, about the transfer portal. You know, you got to stick together in your generation. Well, you also – Even if you're – well, you know what, boomers, you break ranks. You don't all have to act like boomers. But no, you don't. Um, I'd also say just remember this when he enters the transfer portal in like two years. No, he's done. He's done. This is it. This is oh, that's later. a good point. It's a good point. He's making that's a run at the NFL. Point. He can do this now. He's a very old college football player. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Yeah, day one of uh, Mountain West Conference Football Media Day wrapping up. I like coming to these things, too, because we get to see a lot of not only the coaches, the schools, the reps, the SIDs, the players, but we see a lot of our media friends from out of town. Mm-hmm. And Arash, our good friend from the Sporting Tribune, Mr. Vegas, Mr. L.A., um, asked me a little while ago. He's like, hey, let's go get something to eat afterwards. So I don't know why I sent texts like this. I send a text to the SO, significant other, and I'm like, hey, what's the plan? That's all I say. And then and I was like, a minute later, I'm like, why did I ask like that? Right. And then I look at you know the text back, and she's like, what do you want the plan to be? <laughs> and I hope that was her tone. <laughs> and then I, I just texted back. I'm like, I don't know what I was asking. Basically, I'm, I'm eventually, you know, in five minutes here when we're done, I'm going to ask. Hey, I might stay downtown and get something to eat with Rosh, but, like, why not just ask? I would have loved a response been like, you know what, Steve? I don't really know what the plan is. Our lives have been going in these different directions <laughs> for it. years. <laughs> you know what I mean? I prompted, I prompted <laughs> the breakup, the inevitable breakup where she dumps me. Right. Okay. We got a tweet earlier, and this is going to be a two-show tweet. I can guarantee you. I- we were mentioning earlier, I, you know, I've been telling the story about etiquette at pool parties and don't rip down rims and then – um, but I also mentioned that Marvin Menzies had a cookout for the media and, you know, to develop a relationship with the media. And then we see a tweet from our own Chris Chapman, Magnum over on Fox Sports Las Vegas, big hockey guy, and he tweets back what? I was at the Menzies cookout. Mrs. Menzies made an incredible also buco and fried gator. Unbelievable autograph collection as well. One of the best I've ever seen. Okay. Why are you incensed? I Damon, he's so mad right now. For I'm not even every mad. free moment on the air, off the air, he's just like, I can't believe this. Is it that he got the invite and you didn't? No, no, no. 
It's that when have I ever seen Chris Chapman at a UNLV basketball game as a member of the media? Like, at some point. So here's the thing, because it's at Menzies. We are, we are all jealous of Chris uh, having no shame. If he gets a chance to go get some free food, right. he's there. He, and, there's no shame in his game. And this show is pathetic, taking advantage of the, you know, a couple of perks here and there. Magnum's like, I don't care. And at, at, at some point in the basketball season, Menzies has to look around and go, where's that dude that was in the Hawaiian shirt that was sitting on my couch eating my wife's Osobuco? <laughs> He's been to a game this whole year. He was just chilling in my home. Should have invited me. in my me. house? <laughs> Say it again, Devon. I said he should have invited me. I was carrying water on the school broadcast the entire time he was there. I love it. Meanwhile, he's eating, he's eating fried gator and osobuco, and you're working your butt off, Devon. All right. Thanks to the Mountain West for having us out here. We're back tomorrow with a bunch of the coaches. Thanks to uh, Mark Redmond, San Diego State. Oh, Lord. Brandon Talton from Nevada. Gloria Navarro came out with us as well, the commission. We'll see you.